1: Today we're reading 2 Samuel chapter 16 through 18. This is the new King James version of the podcast. The King James version is also available. Now in 2 Samuel chapter 15, we see David there and his people leaving Jerusalem in flight from his treasonous son Absalom. And that evacuation continues here in chapter 16. We begin with chapter 16 verse 1. When David was a little past the top of the mountain, there was Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, who met him with a couple of saddled donkeys, and on them two hundred loaves of bread, one hundred clusters of raisins, one hundred summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, What do you mean to do with these? So Ziba said, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. Then the king said, And where is your master's son?' And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is staying in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will restore the kingdom of my father to me. So the king said to Ziba, Here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you, that I may find favor in your sight, my lord, O king. So, Remember the big break that David gave Jonathan's son Mephibosheth by bringing this crippled young man to David's table and then providing him with the best of everything, even servants headed by Ziba? Well, Mephibosheth and Ziba got a big break that day in Second Samuel chapter 9. However, this day Ziba comes to meet David with supplies for his journey, but with an ulterior motive. He spends a tall tale of how Mephibosheth has sided with Absalom, and that Mephibosheth expects to ascend to the throne of his grandfather, Saul. As it turns out, Ziba is, well, can't say it any other way. Ziba's lying. Mephibosheth would later confirm that he remained loyal to David all along in 2 Samuel chapter 19. We'll see that. But due to his physical disability, he was unable to leave without assistance. Well, David here believes Ziba and hastily decrees that all of Mephibosheth's possessions are to be given to Zeba and he does that in verse 4 here then in verses 5 through 14 we see as david is leaving jerusalem some interesting things happen verse 5 now when king david came to bahurim there was a man from the family of the house of saul whose name was shemai the son of gerah coming from there he came out cursing continuously as he came And he threw stones at David, and at all the servants of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Also Shemai said thus when he cursed, "'Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom your son. So now you are caught in your own evil, because you are a bloodthirsty man.'" Then Abishai, the son of Zerahiah said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zerahiah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David, who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life? How much more now may this Benjamite— Let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction, and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went along the road, Shemai went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went, threw stones at him and kicked up dust. Now the king and all the people who were with him became weary, so they refreshed themselves there. All right, so then there's this guy Shemai. His mention in the scripture comes because he's a relative of Saul who obviously feels strongly that David is an illegitimate king of Israel. Shemai walks alongside David as he's fleeing Jerusalem, throwing rocks at David and cursing him. And he does so for quite some distance. He's very cruel and daring when he says to David, Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. Shemai's a gutsy guy. David's nephew Abishai offers to take him out but David forbids it and allows the man to go on mocking and cursing him. Even suggests in verse 10 that Shemai is prompted by Jehovah himself to cry out these insults. David concludes that God will sort it all out later. Well, later on, Shemai would come back to David and he would apologize. And David, as a matter of fact, would forgive him in 2 Samuel chapter 19. But that's not really the end of it. His end would be unpleasant under the reign of David's son and successor Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 46. Then we come to chapter 16 verse 15 and we find that Absalom is back in Jerusalem, verse 15. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel was with him. And so it was when Hushai the archite, David's friend came to Absalom that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! So Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in your father's presence, so will I be in your presence." "'Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, "'Give advice as to what we should do. "'And Ahithophel said to Absalom, "'Go into your father's concubines, "'whom he has left to keep the house, "'and all Israel will hear "'that you are abhorred by your father. "'Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong.' "'So they pitched a tent for Absalom "'on the top of the house, "'and Absalom went into his father's concubines "'in the sight of all Israel.' Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. So Absalom rides into Jerusalem and takes over. He even goes and takes David's concubines as his own, the ones that were left behind in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 13-37. to 37. This outrageous deed was done at the council of Ahithophel who claimed that when the Jerusalem residents saw the master act of rebellion, they would assume that Absalom is definitely in and David is definitely out. They considered the spectacle of this horrendous act to be so important that Absalom set up a tent on top of David's royal house and that's where he defiled David's concubines for all of Jerusalem to see. Nathan had prophesied this, by the way, in Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 11, David is still reaping the consequences of his sin with Bathsheba. By the way, the spy from David, Hushai, in Second Samuel chapter 15, verse 32, he successfully sells himself as loyal to Absalom. That might present a problem for Absalom later on. Serves him right, don't you agree? Incidentally, we see a reference to how very significant Ahithophel's counsel was regarded in verse 23 when it says... Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. Imagine, here's Ahithophel giving counsel to Absalom that is in direct violation of Mosaic law. The law found in Leviticus 18 verse 8, Leviticus 20 verse 11, Deuteronomy 22 verse 30. We are told that it was a common practice among kings in that region to demonstrate one's ascension to the throne by hijacking the royal harem. But for Israelites, it was an atrocious act against God's law. Perhaps the obvious needs to be stated here as a rule of thumb. Not everyone who proclaims to speak in the name of God is really speaking in the name of God. Oh, by the way, that's still true today. Many self-proclaimed prophets would have their audiences violate clear scriptural mandates in the name of God. Remember this: if it isn't scriptural, it isn't God's will. Second Samuel chapter 17. We have a conflict on counsel. Who are you going to believe? Verse one. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, "Now let me choose twelve thousand men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he was weary and weak." and make him afraid, and all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Then I will bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he says too. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. So Ahushai said to Absalom, The advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, you know your father and his men that they are mighty men, and they are enraged in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war, and will not camp with the people." Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or in some other place, and it will be, when some of them are overthrown at the first, that whoever hears it will say, There is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom, and even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men." Therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground, and of him and all the men who are with him there shall not be left so much as one." Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it into the river until there is not one small stone found there. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel, for the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priest, "'Thus and so Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, "'and thus and so I have advised. "'Now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, "'Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness, "'but speedily cross over, "'lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up.' "'Now Jonathan and Ahimeaz stayed at Enrogel, "'for they dared not to be seen coming into the city. "'So a female servant would come and tell them, "'and they would go and tell King David.' Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom, but both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in Baharim, who had a well in his court, and they went down into it. Then the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground grain on it, and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, Where are Ahimeoz and Jonathan? So the woman said to them, They have gone over the water brook. And when they had searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. Now it came to pass after they had departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus has Ahithophel advised against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house, to a city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died. And he was buried in his father's tomb. Then David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. This Amasa was the son of the man who was Jithra, an Israelite, who had gone into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zerahiah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. Now it happened when David had come to Mahanaim that Shobai, the son of Nahash, from Rabbah, of the people of Ammon, Maker the son of Amael, from Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, from Rogalim brought beds and basins, earthen vessels and wheat, barley and flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curd, sheep and cheese of the herd, for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, The people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Well, Ahithophel, Absalom's main counselor, is ready to go after David himself and kill David. Then there's Hushai, from chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, He's the guy who had been counselor with Ahithophel to David. You may recall that David sent him back to Absalom in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 13-37, to 37, and he told him to keep an eye on Absalom and report back through messengers any suspicious activity. He turns out to be the right man in the right place here. Hushai persuades Absalom that Ahithophel's idea of going after David immediately is a lousy strategy. Hushai suggests an alternate idea which serves to give David some time. Absalom adopts Hushai's strategy, which is good for David, but, well, bad for Absalom. Hushai then sends warning back to David by the priest's son outlining the adopted plan. Interestingly enough, Absalom has his own incidental spy who sees the messengers. They have to be hidden in a well to prevent capture by Absalom's men. Ahithophel takes the rejection of his battle plan really, really hard, and he hangs himself in verse 23. Now, verse 4 is a little disturbing in this passage, where we see that all the elders of Israel sided with Absalom. The crowd will turn on you in a heartbeat, and their leaders too, by the way. Way too many people follow the crowd rather than God. So here's the situation. Absalom is now following a flawed battle plan laid out by David's loyal counselor, Hushai. What's more, Hushai is able to get advance warning back to David, Absalom is headed for disaster and doesn't even realize it. Oh, one more item of interest here is in verse 25. Absalom made Amasa, captain of the army, instead of Joab. Of course, Joab remained faithful to David in exile. Both were nephews of David. So when this is all over, will Joab be rewarded for his faithfulness to David, and will Amasa be executed as a traitor? No, In a political move, David allows Amasa the traitor to remain over Israel's army over in 2 Samuel chapter 19, verses 9 through 15. He doesn't hold the position very long, though, before cousin Joab disposes of Amasa in 2 Samuel chapter 20. Does it seem to you that David's family might have been a little, uh, well, you know, maybe dysfunctional? In 2 Samuel chapter 18, we see that long hair kills. Verse 1. And David numbered the people who were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one-third of the people under the hand of Joab, one-third under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite. And the king said to the people, "'I also will surely go out with you myself.'" But the people answered, "'Ye shall not go out, for if we flee away, they will not care about us, for if half of us die, will they care about us? But you are worth ten thousand of us now, for you are now more help to us in the city.' Then the king said to them, "'Whatever seems best to you I will do.' So the king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains orders concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David, and a great slaughter of twenty thousand took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside, and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Then Absalom met with the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebinth tree, and his head caught in the terebinth, so he was left hanging between heaven and earth. And the mule which was under him went on. Now a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in a terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him, You just saw him? And why did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware lest anyone touch the young man Absalom otherwise I would have dealt falsely against my own life, for there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. Then Joab said, I cannot linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terebinth tree. And the ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck and killed him. So Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a large pit in the woods, and laid a very large heap of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, every one to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up a pillar for himself, which is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name. And to this day, it is called Absalom's monument. Well, David's ready to go to battle with the troops, but Joab convinces him to stay back. A very good idea, since the death of David is Absalom's objective. David's objective is a little fuzzy here. Based upon his orders to his generals in verse 5, when he says, "'Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom.'" What is David thinking? Now, verse 7 here is amazing to me. The servants of David are fighting against Israel. Some 20,000 Israeli soldiers, having attacked David's servants, are killed that day. It seems that Absalom's army was ill-equipped to fight in the forest, we see in verse 8. Then for the big kill, the death of Absalom himself. Absalom was no ordinary person, and he needed a special way to die. Absalom was riding on his mule. That's right, I said mule. That's when his hair gets caught in a tree as he goes under it no, no, not a horse, it was a mule, a slow, slow mule, one like royalty rides, the luxury transportation vehicle in those days. The scripture simply reports that his head was caught, but Jewish tradition, according to Josephus, maintained that he was caught there by his long hair, an extra-scriptural explanation that, if true, might explain why Absalom was not able to extract himself from this predicament. So Absalom's hanging there in all his vulnerability. One of David's troops sees him, but he's reluctant to kill him after David's expression of love for him prior to the battle in verse 12. Perhaps he also remembers what David did to the guy who tried to take responsibility for Saul's death back in Second Samuel chapter 1. So he tells Joab, who's not reluctant at all, Joab wasn't afraid of David. An impression is given here that some time passed while Absalom was still stuck in that tree. I know what will bring him down, reasons Joab, darts. Joab takes three spears and pierces Absalom's heart and then lets three men finish him off. Whether David realizes it or not, the only good Absalom is a dead Absalom, given the fact that Absalom's goal in life was David's overthrow and death. Then David gets the good news and the bad news in verses 19 to 33. Verse 19, Then Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run now and take the news to the king how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. So Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? But whatever happens, he said, Let me run. So he said to him, Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain, and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes, and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king, and the king said, "'If he is alone, there is news in his mouth.' And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, "'There is another man running alone.' And the king said, "'He also brings news.' So the watchman said, "'I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok.' And the king said, "'He is a good man and comes with good news.' So Ahimaaz called out and said to the king, "'All is well.' Then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said, "'Blessed be the Lord your God "'who has delivered up the men "'who raised their hand against my lord the king.' And the king said, "'Is the young man Absalom safe?' Ahimaaz answered when Joab sent the king's servants "'and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, "'but I did not know what it was about.' And the king said, "'Turn aside and stand here.' So he turned aside and stood still. Just then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord the king, for the Lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, "'O my son Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, "'if only I had died in your place. "'O Absalom, my son, my son.'" Ahimaaz, the son of the high priest Zadok, is really excited over the death of Absalom, and he just can't wait to share the news with David. Joab declines to let him go, but opts to send a slave as a messenger instead. Well, why do you suppose? I suspect that Joab recalled how poorly David had received the news of Saul's death back in 2 Samuel chapter 1. He just wanted to be careful with the life of the high priest's son. After the Cushite takes off with the news to David, Ahimeaz convinces Joab to allow him to take the news. Joab finally agrees. Ahimaaz passes the slave and makes it to David first. He must have learned something from Joab, though. He only gives him the good news part of the communication. In this good news is, David, you're not a fugitive anymore. The battle's over. Then David asked the big question in verse 29, where it says, The king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? What? How can David possibly show concern for the safety of the man who has plotted his death? I don't know. Looks like the priest son Ahimaaz might have chickened out on answering that question. Looks like he, well, looks like he lied. He must have reasoned, let's leave that bit of news for the Cushite to deliver. So the slower-running Cushite shows up almost immediately after Ahimeaz with the news, and he says Absalom's dead. David goes into a grievous mourning session over his dead son, and we continue that discussion in our next reading in 2 Samuel chapter 19.